what's going on, everybody? My name is Reagan Jones. And my name is Victor. And welcome to Sanctified-ish, conversations with pastors who have not figured it out. Now, Happy New Year, Happy first New Year. of all, Reagan. Happy New Year. It's It's been a while since we've recorded, and so I just foresee this episode going terribly. <laughs> I just know at some point we're going to screw it up. Yeah, it's that first day back in school, that. first day back at work, <laughs> everything feels gross. Like, the first one's a wash. I got my new shoes on, you know? Yeah, so the next 20 minutes of your life are going to be pointless. Thank I'm you for tuning sorry. in. Yeah, uh, it's, come back next week. Season three is yeah. here we're this started year. and we have a really good plan for this season so i'm pretty i'm pretty excited uh i was scrolling on tiktok the other week of course you were and of course i was because yeah. that's what i do it's yeah, christmas casual. i have nothing to do scrolling on tiktok and i came across this controversy that's gone pretty big and i'm sure you've seen it it's yeah. logan paul calling out his friend on impulsive their podcast for being a christian yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah. It's not like he even called him out for being a Christian. Like he like straight up said like your beliefs are stupid. Yeah. And yeah. like apparently the whole world has just canceled him over the last three weeks. But it's, it's really funny because I think he just talked on his podcast at some point this week where he was like, he's dealing with a whole world canceling him but also like he's just had like a terrible week like he got like food poisoning in tokyo yeah. or something like that like everything that could possibly have been going wrong in this guy's life has been going wrong in the last couple of weeks it's just it's just yeah. fascinating um but I, I think i was telling you about this like there's this new clip that showed and joke uh is it jake paul or logan paul which which one's the boxer which one's the <laughs> which one got canceled <laughs> logan is the one who got canceled okay. the other one is like the mma guy jake yeah, I was he like, just got signed to the mma yeah i'm like what one of them fights people the other fights people in the comments <laughs> um so he he ended up like coming back on the on his podcast is like hey basically like i'm sorry like i shouldn't have said that and he was like genuinely apologizing and part of me is just like, okay, like he's saying that to not get canceled anymore sure. and to, to get the internet back on his side. But his one friend, I believe his name is George. Yep. Um, he's a Christian on there and he looks back at him. He says one of the best things I've ever heard anyone say. Um, he looks at him. He's just like, hey, man, you've had a really bad couple of weeks. The whole world has turned against you. The God that you just defamed has not left you. And he has yeah. not abandoned you. And if God has not left you, I will not leave you. And I'm like, dude, Ooh. how awesome. <laughs> how awesome is that? That like when the yeah. whole world, including Christians, just yeah. canceled you, the one Christian that you just spat in the face of his God, he's the one who's telling you, man, I love you. I'm not going anywhere. God hasn't left you. That was one of the most beautiful things I've gospel. ever seen. Gospel, man. Literal gospel. And it's interesting because... Just societally, like culturally, we don't often see non-Christians canceling someone over saying something defamatory about like God and yeah, Christianity, yeah. right? But I saw TikToks of people of a multitude of different religions saying to Logan Paul, like, hey, that's not cool. We're going to cancel you. Yeah. And it's fascinating that Christian and non-Christian canceled Logan for what he said. But the one person on his podcast who, yeah, he spat in the face of, of George and his beliefs and his God. Yeah. He, George is the very one that says, you know what, man? <laughs> like, I'm here. I'm not going to leave Dude. you. Like, just like God. 
Do, do you know it's what this beautiful. feels like? This feels like Jesus when he creates a parable and he basically pits these two things like which one was right and which one was <laughs> holy. And you think that it's the Christians who are like, yeah, I'm standing up for God. I'm standing up for Jesus. Yep. Like, you know, they're not the ones that are in the right. Like the yep. hero of the story isn't the ones who canceled Logan Paul. Like the heroes of the stories are the ones, or Jake Paul, I forget which one. I don't know. Like I believe they, in you. The hero, <laughs> the hero of the story is, is this guy named George. And I think that's just a, that's a fascinating thing that we're going to talk about today because I think our culture has become so polarized yeah. with cancel culture and one wrong thing, one wrong tweet, run one wrong action. All of a sudden you are now canceled without an option Boom. to return. Yeah. You're, Off you're the face done. of the earth. You're done. Yep. You're done. And I think the thing that we want to try to tackle today is like, is that biblical? Cause I think there's biblical aspects to cancel culture like we're talking about like holding people accountable and what does it look like for rebuke? But like is cancel culture, the idea that a person can never come back, that they are too far gone. Like, is that actually biblical and should Christians engage in it? I'm fascinated by cancel culture because it stems from a really good place. Like, and, and I think this just shows that we're made in the image of God. We as humans have a desire for justice we do. We desire justice. That is just a natural tendency of of the person who's made in God's image. Yeah. But what happens is, is because of sin, we pervert these things that are good, like the pursuit of justice. And I feel like in culture's pursuit of justice and their attempt to pursue what is good and what is right in the world's eyes is one misstep, one mistake, one wrong thing. Boom canceled and the unique thing about cancel culture and i think this is where it diverges from what we would call rebuke in christianity is cancel culture leaves no room for reconciliation yeah that's the difference yeah and as christians regardless of the heinousness of the sin we as believers have been saved from our sins so we should never believe that anyone is too far gone for God to save, regardless of what they said or done. And that can be hard to, that can be a hard pill to swallow sometimes. It, it can, but like, here's the thing as, as followers of Jesus, like we are to act different. If the entire world is going to cancel everybody, that's great. That's fine. They do what they do. Like as followers of Jesus, like we're called to live within a certain norm that's outlined in scripture. We're called to be the heart of uh, the heart of Jesus. And yeah, I, I think two things I find in scripture with this, like one, um, don't call out the speck in another person's eye when you have a log yeah. in your own. I'm like, there's just a general hum, like humility that I think we've lost in Christians. Um, whether I think it's like calling out pastors that we see one clip online that we don't know, we don't know the full story. All of a sudden in the comments, canceled, done over some wrong theology we disagree with, canceled, wrong, over something we may have hurt, canceled. Like it's, there, there's this idea that we are holier than thou. Yeah. I think that the internet, like that's always been there with Christians, but I think the internet has just thrown gasoline on that fire and it's just gone completely out of control. But I do think you even mentioned like there is a healthy rebuke and yeah. like it's not a bad thing. And we're actually, we're, we're studying first John with our students um, this upcoming semester and like first John one, one through four is John's rebuke to Gnostics. 
where he's yeah. basically just like, you have a false view of Jesus. You think that Jesus and didn't actually come as a man. So he starts out, uh, outside, out, he starts out his letter by saying he was from the beginning and I saw him, I touched him, I heard him, like I had relationship with him. The difference that John does there, which makes it rebuke, is he calls out their teaching. He doesn't call out their personhood. Yeah. And so he rebukes what they say. He says, what you said was wrong. Here's what's true about Jesus. But he never distances himself from them. He never yeah. says they're too far gone. He never says, well, great, you're done, gone forever. And I think what we've made the mistake is in the attempt to call out what people say, we've canceled them as a person and then the process. And one of the really unique things that I've noticed in Christian circles is Christians canceling one another. And Christians won't use yeah. this language, but in in efforts to pursue biblical truths, right? Like I can use the like extreme reformed camp as, as a good example. The extreme reformed camp is really good at pointing fingers to who they believe are false teachers. Yeah, they're fun people. But you know what that you know what that camp doesn't do? They don't leave room for reconciliation. Yeah. And this happens inside of Christianity all the time. Yeah. And we may not call it cancel culture. We'll actually put the tag rebuke on it to make it sound like we're pursuing something good. <laughs> when in fact, we're no different than the culture. We're doing the exact yeah. same thing. I don't know. Have you seen yeah. that in Christian circles? Because I feel like I have. Bro, it's like anytime somebody comes up to you and they don't actually know you, but it's like, hey, so I see this in your life. I'm like, automatically don't receive that. <laughs> I'm like, you're, you, you don't, you don't know me. You don't even know my name. You just saw the Jordans I was wearing and you, you came up and like, you had this word from the Lord. And I'm like, I, I think on a very real level, like we can call it rebuke, but really it's judgment. And yeah, the, the, the judgment among Christians. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's there. I, I do think we, we can honestly come, come across in this conversation. Like, I think it's very easy for Christians to acknowledge just from a theological level that cancel culture is not biblical. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, cause yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There's your theological justification for you can never be canceled in the kingdom of God. I don't think this conversation is as simple as that. Yeah. And so if I can play devil's advocate for a second. So when we have pastors who abuse authority, when we have pastors who fall, when I have a friend who has been gossiping behind my back, or if I have, you know, a parent that walked out on me 30 years ago, like when we have these things that are just these things that are not okay, is there a line? Is there a way that I can challenge them, that I can keep my distance from them, that I can even call them out on things and still not cancel them? Like basically, I guess I'm asking this, does canceling people mean that we have to be okay with what everyone does? Yeah, I'm I think of the prodigal son when you kind of share some of some of those examples where the son basically looks to his dad and says like, "Hey, I wish you were dead. Give me what you give me when you die and let me go." And and basically, this kid is totally in the wrong. And the dad yeah. has every right not just to deny him, but to really say like, "Hey, you're not my son anymore. Like get out of here." You're, you're not yeah. just not going to get your inheritance. You can't be a part of my family anymore. But what the dad does is he gives him his inheritance. And we know the story. The son goes out, spends it all, wastes it all, comes back expecting to be a servant. And the, and the dad, rather than casting him off, 
receives him with open arms. And I think we can share that story and it can sound really good or it can be really easy. But when you're in the midst of, of real hurt, when a pastor has abused their spiritual authority over you, when a friend has, has wronged you and, and really hurt you, how do we respond in those situations? And I think rather yeah. than using the language of cancel culture, we as Christians need to begin to understand that we can both pursue truth in grace and in truth. They're not, they're not mutually exclusive. The fact that a yeah. pastor abused his spiritual authority over you it factually is wrong. Yeah. But how do we approach that through the lens of grace and truth together? And that's where things get difficult because we don't want to show grace because we desire justice and our version of justice in this situation it's just to pursue immediate action rather yeah. than meeting them where they're at. Well, I, I even think, I think actually, I would say most Christians actually would have a desire to show grace, like eventually, like, I think there's a, there's a progression and a state to this. Um, so I think it's less of like, we don't know how we don't desire to show grace. I don't think we really know how and what yeah. that actually looks like. Oh, there's like two polar extremes. It's like we either, allow somebody back into our lives and everything is okay. Or we just completely shun and walk away and we basically cancel them for the rest of our lives. Like, I think there's like a practical aspect where it's like, how do we actually extend that grace, extend that compassion and still hold them accountable to the things that they've done and the things they're doing moving forward. So I guess I'll ask like, what, what does it even look like practically to do stuff like that? Yeah. I've often heard it said that, you know, when someone wrongs you, especially if it's, if it's a, you know, heinous action where, you know, uh, maybe even like abuse lines were crossed. When we are to forgive or to extend grace, that doesn't mean that we are called to be in relationship with that person. Yeah. That there's no, there's no place in scripture where it says, Hey, you were wronged. Now you have to go be best friends with that person. That's not like a command. We're called to, to extend grace and to forgive. And so in a lot of ways, extending grace to someone that has wronged you is your responsibility. Whether or not that person receives that, that's up to them and God. And so some ways that I've kind of walked through this was one, I had to spend some extended time during a period of my life where I was really hurt by someone in just prayer because my heart was not right. And so I had to spend time with Jesus asking for the ability to extend grace. I was like, my heart does not want this. I know I'm called to it. Get me there. Like, help me get there because in my sinful nature, I can't do it on my own. So there was yeah. a lot of just time where I had to like really sit down with Jesus and ask him to work on my heart. It also took some accountability I had to share in a group like, hey, y'all know the situation. Y'all know how I was wronged. Can you please call me out when I start to sound bitter, angry, mad, when I start to gossip, when I start to speak poorly? Because that's not who I want to be, Yeah. even though I'm so tempted to go that way. So two pieces for me were spending time in prayer with Jesus and accountability in my community. Um, those were two really effective ways, but man, like, to be honest, I still feel that church hurt. Like it's still there. Yeah. It still exists. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily go away, but the way that I perceive it has grown quite a, quite a lot. 
Yeah. Well, I, I think for me, even I think the basic function is you have to differentiate the, like there's a difference between abuse and offense and you're going to react very differently to those two things. Um, and so when it comes to an, an abuse, like they're probably, they're honestly should not be a reconciliation factor that comes with that. Like you shouldn't cancel them to the point where they think that Jesus can never save them. But that does not mean that that person needs to have any interaction with your life ever again. And so like there is a healthy distance that can take place when we're talking in forms of abuse. Now, when we're talking in a form of of an offense, I think that goes back to like that example you were saying um, with one of the Paul brothers. Still can't remember his name. I don't know which one it is. (laughs) Logan. Um, Logan. Logan. Like, I think we're so like that, that goes straight back to what George said to him. It's like, hey, man, like you offended me and you offended God when you said this, however, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And so I think like when in cases of non abuse, we have this tendency in the church that when our feelings get hurt or our opinions are not validated, now all of a sudden we leave community and retreat back into places. Um, and honestly, I, I just don't necessarily see that in scripture. Um, and yeah. I think like that right there is such a more beautiful testimony of what Jesus can do and the power of the gospel. We say like, Hey, like you did offend me here, but man, like I'm not going anywhere because Jesus isn't going anywhere and I'm going to walk with you and still continue to be friends with you. Like, I think that's a a beautiful testimony of the gospel. Yeah. It's, it's really cool too, because George, the, the Christian in this Logan Paul interaction didn't like, he brought up the fact that Logan offended both him and God. Like he didn't hide that. Like he didn't just let that kind of blow over. Like George stood up for what he believed. He said, Hey, you said that. And that is not true and not okay. Like you cannot speak about the God of the universe in such a way. And, And he didn't let that just blow past. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, is I feel like a lot of us when, when we're wronged or when, when we feel like God's character is wronged, a lot of times we just, we just absorb it let it fester, let it sit. And as time goes on, now we're not defending truth. Now we're just embracing bitterness. And what, <laughs> yeah. jo- what George does is he, he tells Logan what happened that he offended God. And then he's like, but here's truth. And I feel like that's a really good example because Christians need to do both things. I we love need to that. stand up for what, we, what we know is true about God and his character But we also need to know that regardless of what someone says about God, God is still willing and able and gracious enough to save them in in light of all of their sins, not just that one. So it's a really cool picture. You can't just take one piece and move on. They have to work together in tandem. Yeah, I I love that, man. And so if you were to bring this down to sort of a personal level and all right, there's someone listening Maybe they're 25, 26 years old, um, boss at work, just being a total jerk. Um, Life would be easier. Life would be better if they didn't have a relationship with them, if they just moved on from them. What would you say to that Christian um, that doesn't necessarily want reconciliation? Like, I I feel like like George is a great example. He wants to have that relationship with Logan. Yeah. What would you say to the person's like, man, I really don't like this person. This person's just a jerk. We don't vibe well. Like, what would you say to that person? Yeah, I just say, look to Jesus. Like when we see Christ's ministry here on earth, there were lots of moments 
when Jesus could have probably even rightfully so justifiably said, I don't want reconciliation with you because of how wrong you are. Like with all of his interactions with the Pharisees, with Judas, with him being carried away to the cross, with the thieves behind him on the cross, we never see Christ say, hey, I just don't have time for you. And as a Christian, we see Christ and how wronged he was, ultimately wronged, so yeah. that if we experience little offenses here and there, abuse is another category and another thing. But if we experience yeah. little offenses here and there, I mean, we can look to Christ and know that he was ultimately offended <laughs> so that we could yeah. embrace these minor offenses in order to show someone the love of God. And so the immediate response here is similar to what I had to do a couple of years ago is just ask God to make you want reconciliation. We are people in process. We are sinful humans. And if my heart doesn't immediately desire reconciliation, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me and my relationship with Jesus. It just means that I need to pursue Christ's sanctification on my heart and ask him to change me. So let's start there. Um, But, but I would say if, if, if you are to the point to where, these minor offenses are causing you to not just push back on this person, but to to hate them or to despise them or, or to, to kind of put them into this category of, well, I'm not going to share the gospel with you because you're just not worth it. Then we start to get into some problems with your understanding of the gospel and your outlook on other people. And that's a different conversation. Well, I, I love the way you even said it. It's like no one has been more offended than Jesus. And so let's stop pretending <laughs> that yeah. we have been offended more than Jesus has. Yeah. And I, I think even just like the, the closer you get to somebody, the more you act like them. And so like our job is to be so intimately attached to the heart of Jesus that we begin to act like him, um, love like him, serve like him. And I, I, I love Peter. He's my favorite person in the Bible outside of Jesus. And like Jesus is mine. Uh, okay, great. Just because you just because you look like him with the Mike beard and the hair, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Congratulations, you're more holy than me. Um, we know that, but uh, like Peter, his best friend, Jesus is on the cross. He's like, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. Like offense, complete yeah. and utter offense. That is betrayal to the utmost extent. Ooh, that's good. And Jesus comes after him. Jesus had yeah. Jesus had every right to cancel Peter. Every right. But he goes back, he cooks some breakfast, he redeems him. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And then he builds his church upon that rock. Yeah. Like that's the story of Peter. There is no Peter if there is if there's cancel culture. Yeah. There's no Peter if there's cancel culture. None whatsoever. Um and I think even like the flip side of that, uh, you can look at Jonah and the Ninevites. Oh, that's um, good too. Yep. Like, he's like, they don't deserve it. <laughs> yep. they, they outright They're don't deserve gone. it. And so Jonah, Jonah canceled the Ninevites. And what does God do? He puts them in a whale, spits them back up. And he says, have you rethought your decision? Yeah. And he says, go back and share the gospel with them. And so like, again, abuse is different. But when we're talking about an offense, like I, there's, there's no margin in it for scripture and 
I, I, I think a people who like when we, the, the illustration, I think I've told you this illustration before. It's the grossest illustration I've ever had, but it's like when I played basketball and we were like really sweaty and like the grossest thing is like when someone's sweat kind of rubs up against yours. I'm like, I'm just like, yep. ugh. like I got like a, yep. I have your sweat on my arm that only happens in proximity. And so it's like, you have to get close to someone for them to rub off on you. And so like our job is to be as close to Jesus as possible so that his love, his desires, like I would want to go to Nineveh. I would want to run after Peter and the people that have offended me and God in life. Um, that's the call for us yeah. as Christians. That's the call for us as Christians. Boom. 24 minutes and 12 seconds. Just like that. Season three. Are you going to comment on my <laughs> on my choice of, you don't like it when I say the timestamp. You don't. I hate it. Um, I hate it. And I know. We haven't know. recorded and, in a month and I haven't had to listen to it in a month and I've been okay with that. <laughs> I I remember I played football for a couple of years. I played on the Brandon Bears. We were really good. <laughs> and I was a tight end. And I remember as a kid, I would get eczema. Okay. And I'd go to the dermatologist and they, and I'd be like, why do I have eczema? And they'd be like, because other people's sweat is falling onto your skin. So there you go. Enjoy that. Enjoy that picture of my eczema. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> if y'all, y'all can't see it on the audio podcast, but the face oh. of disgust. Well, like is... what, what kind of feral bacteria was in that sweat? <laughs> That, it's like, Florida, bro. What, it's ga- Florida. what, what kind of gamma Florida. radiation was, was in that sweat that made you we have eczema? In the swamp. Oh my okay, gosh! It was underwater. Dude. Okay, we we practiced below sea level. That is so, so disgusting. Who knows what was down there? Yeah, that is but that's so a good disgusting. illustration. So now y'all can remember my eczema is a picture of Christ's of you growing closer to Christ. I think that's perfect. End, guys, thank end, you so much. End the podcast. End it. <laughs> thank you end guys it. so much for tuning in today. Welcome to season three. We are stoked that you guys are here joining us on this adventure. We have an epic season lined up for you guys. And so we hope that you guys will stick around for each and every episode. You can check us out on TikTok at Reagan Jones 97 and Rotsiv 157. Guys, thank you so much. And we will catch you in the next one. Until next time, take care. And God bless. Boom, 2604. How does it feel, sure. man? Sure. How does I it feel? It. <laughs> Eczema's gross. That's, that's what I was going to say. That's so nasty.